Around the city of Agmar, locals have reported sightings of a mysterious creature lurking in the shadows. Details on what this creature looks like have been scarce, but several eyewitnesses claim to have seen a four-legged monster wearing a skull with bug-like antenna. While some have been dismissing these sightings as silly superstition, others are saying that the so-called Mothman has been leaving a trail of comatose victims in its wake. National Podcast Radio's correspondent, Reckless Attack, has the story. I felt a little bad about the intensity of last episode. Just and, like a very belligerent opening. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> and then and then to immediately go into like, well, I guess let's just throw a huge hulking, monstrous, terrible horror at you guys. Felt a little, you know, not on brand, shall we say. So, hello, everyone. It's me, your friend. He says both to the listener and to those around the table. It's me, DM Nathan, here for another episode. I've turned into an NPR personality <laughs> here for another episode of Reckless Attack, a Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition actual play podcast. Thank you for joining. <laughs> I'm excited to get back to murdering you all. Excuse me, everyone. If you wouldn't mind, could you please introduce yourselves? Let's start with this gentleman who I've just gestured at. Hi, I'm David, <laughs> and today I am playing. I appreciate the change of energy. <laughs> Harrison Goodleaf. Yes. The tiny halfling duplicate of himself. Yes, Harrison's still here. <laughs> he's still here. He's still still vibing. Still he's alive. At full HP, unlike everyone else, so <laughs> he's having a great time. And to my right. Hi, everyone. It's Jonathan. And today I am playing Char, the shifter fighter. Yeah, who's also yeah. still here. Yeah, also still here. Hi, everyone. And I am having a great time playing uh, Char. He's pretty cool. Pretty cool dude but is not really enjoying the current state of things where he's been thrown around and is just generally uh, having a tough time of things. So uh, hopefully things get better from here, but we shall see. And to my right. Hi, it's me, Sophie. Hi, Sophie. Hi. I play Blesk Carter, the human asterisk cleric of the Arcana Domain. And man, am I, Sophie, super glad Val's on the roof. turned <laughs> out <laughs> great. Yep, she has been teleported there. Yep. Mm -hmm. Val, if she was not currently under the effects of a weird fear aura, would also probably be pretty, pretty glad as well. She's great at range. She has a hand axe, but again, really doesn't want to use it. Yeah, we as as established early is not that's not the situation. It's when that comes out, yeah. when that comes out, we're in trouble. Yeah. Yes. And across the table for me. Hello, everyone. I'll go back to the general podcast NPR voice. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Steve, and I will be playing Sylvester Lynn, the Dragonborn Monk. I really love Selv's NPR. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've listened to a whole bonus yeah. episode yeah, of right? just you going through the news of the day. Uh, on tonight's episode, uh, <laughs> we have a very injured Selv who is temporarily out of key points. Hopefully he will live long enough to get those back. We now return you to your regularly scheduled DM, Nathan. It's me! Yay. And you know, isn't that a perfect transition to remind you all that we are still in combat. I think it is our, is it our first 
Well, well, sort of. There was kind of, I guess, the high overlord grung fight we, was we all. Have, we've done many <laughs> all kind of yeah. like, so never yeah. mind. Yeah, one foe. I don't it's know. It's been the first in a while. Yeah. I guess know. so. It's it turned into one of those like sports statistics mm-hmm. where it just gets increasingly narrow so as to mean nothing. Where it's like, well, this is the first touchdown scored by a player whose last name is Brown, and also it's on a Tuesday, and isn't that a significant achievement? And yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. although this no. this might be, I, I actually don't remember if the grung overlord had it or not but this might be the first fight we are in with uh legendary actions i don't remember i think i think that might be true but i don't remember for sure legendary actions are neat this creature really escalated once we hit level three yeah (laughs) that's where there's a lot going on that's where the power curve goes up yeah (laughs) but speaking of you guys are still Mm mid-combat there is still the mothman in front of you this horrible long-limbed creature that has been preying upon a dwarf man who was just paralyzed in fear and still is to a certain extent, even as he is protected by Valeska and the best actions of the two guilders, Val and Selv, and the two guardsmen, Char and Harrison. It is now the top of the third round of combat. And as you all might recall, we left on like an extra juicy cliffhanger last time. Where, once again, from deep within this creature came the bellowing. Is that an okay? The ch- chiming seems a little dainty. The, the sonorous gong, sound. Gong, I think is the, a... the gonging of a, b- a bell sound <laughs> that is deep and scary and not at all cute emerges once again from this creature. Hey, everyone, could you make me a strength saving throw, please? Do I have any differences since Val is on the roof? You do. You get, ooh, is it just straight advantage? I'm going to say, yeah, you have advantage. Cool. 14 for Val. Nope, wait, 13. Okay. 15 or higher? Natural 20 for Harrison. Hey! Uh, Selv had a 17. (laughs) Harrison continuing to be an embodiment of chaos. Yeah. (laughs) Char fails with a nine. Okay. Who no? <laughs> Rolled two d six and I got two sixes. Wow. Oh jeez. No. Uh, so anyone who failed takes twelve points of damage. Oh, <laughs> I still take half of that, right? Correct. Oh fuck. Okay. That's uh. That's bad. That's pretty bad. Char begins like bleeding from inside his his full plate. You can just see <laughs> like blood yeah. to pour out of the sides. Crunching ribs and that yeah. kind of thing. Um, Self does not look good. So everyone is also unfortunately thrown up against the wall. Am I knocked prone? You, uh, no, you are not. Okay. You are just, no one is knocked prone by this. It's just pushed back and is so forceful that it is like Even, even with the saves? Pushed back? Or no? Uh, no, if you successfully saved, you're not. Okay. So anyone who anyone who did not, yeah. so uh, just literally just char, just char, take an additional five points of damage. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My whole torso. Oh god, not looking hot. Yeah. Uh, how is everyone feeling right now? Just to reset kind of the stakes and drama of where we're at. Val's at two hit points. Okay. Selv is also at two hit points. Okay. Oh, cool. No. Cool. Char has spent a good chunk of this combat trying to like get into position and just yes. trying to keep this thing down. And he spent all of it just being blasted into walls <laughs> and just like mm-hmm. having his eardrums just like burst with horrible like gongs. So he's looking at his nine hit points. Okay. 
Harrison can do this all day. <laughs> he has only taken nine points of damage so far and is not even bloodied. <laughs> okay. So to once again reset the battle, Val is, has been teleported up to the top of the roof. Can't really see what's going on, but was certainly hit a little bit by that blast. I believe both Char and Selv are kind of right up mm-hmm. against the between the wall and this creature. And the dwarf that it has been attacking is also kind of right there with you guys. I'm going to say is actually kind of on the outside, so would be able to kind of scoot past if he wanted to, but also risking an attack of opportunity. Whereas Harrison has disengaged after dramatically falling on top of the monster and has disengaged and taken a few steps back, but is still very much down in the fray with everyone. Top of the order, Char. So as hurt and bloodied as Char is, he's still going to try and get this thing's attention away from the dwarf and focus on him. He's going to start launching into it with his big bestial arms awesome. to try and hit it. He's going to punch it in the back, and that's going to be ooh 22 to hit. Yes. So the first attack <laughs> is going to connect, and a big hulking fist Sheesh. slams into him. Six points of damage, nice. bludgeoning damage. He's going to follow that up with a bite. So he's going to take his, his long, um, like, canine, canines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are, he's going to mm-hmm. bite into the shadow and try and, like, rip apart some of the, the darkness that's in front of him. He's going to 20 to hit. Uh, hits again. Nine points of damage as it <laughs> pierces into the darkness. And then with a, a mouth full of this amorphous blob, he's going to yell out, Good leaf! Take the shot! <laughs> you can use your reaction to make a weapon attack. Cool. There's a moment where both Harrison and the illusory duplicate in front of the dwarf reach into their pocket and pull out a hand crossbow as like a quick draw. Oh, cool. And shoot this thing from both sides. Ooh. Ah, no. Uh, that's only eight to hit. No. It seems like both of the crossbow bolts just fall into this dark creature doing nothing. Mm, bummer. Anything else, Char? That is it. So he he does he's not grappled, but he's got a uh like I don't want to say he's like dripping darkness from his fangs almost, but he's like um, or you should it, say yeah. that because that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Wicked cool. Yeah, I know, Jonathan, do you yeah. like being metal? Yeah, I do I love being metal. <laughs> Jonathan, yeah. easily the most metal person right. that any of us know, for sure, for sure. <laughs> well I'm not wearing my frog hat, you know, it's yeah. just not <laughs> yeah. very serious and edgy about yes, this. Yes, yes. But yeah, so he's he's not grappling the creature, but he's like bloodied, he's trying his best, and that is the end of his turn so once again i kind of neglected to reset both everyone's mood on this but you guys are all still within this strange aura orbiting around this creature that again the best way to say it is that you are alone in a field of nothingness the sky stretches out well beyond you that you can't see anything that you are truly alone and isolated and vulnerable. Every time that the bell hits you, it almost tries to drag you back into the darkness and despair that it is projecting out of it. Val, it is your turn. You know that the battle rages below you. What do you do? I, Sophie, start with a confession. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Please remember, this is the first time I play a fellow spellcaster. Absolutely. Yep, I'm with you. I've been adding my spell attack instead of my spell modifier because I oh. didn't realize they were different. That's fine. We appreciate the full <laughs> disclosure. As, as I am so sorry. As we have stated many times, we are a podcast that works hard to do the rules right, 
but we're not always going to get the rules right. And there's a lot of damage reduction. So like, you know what? It's probably like three extra points of damage <laughs> over the course of the whole thing. So like, that's fine. Cool, <laughs> but th- Sophie, thank you for your honesty. You can get inspiration. Hey. Boom. Boom. Nathan, I have a confession to make. No. <laughs> <laughs> then you're off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in the distance, you hear... What sounds like a frog having a heart attack? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Did he just croak? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Sophie, it's your turn, please. Sophie, help. Okay, uh, let's move on. I cast healing word itself. So you'd have to go back over yeah. and look. Yeah. So Val was spinning around trying to figure out what happened, where she is, gets her bearings, and then... She has the sense of loneliness and she knows one of her best friends, the person she signed up to like go through thick and thin with is back down there. So almost instinctually, she runs towards the edge of the roof to get eyes on self. Mm -hmm. Once she does, she takes a deep breath and is able to calm herself slightly. There's, you know, still (laughs) mechanical effects of the aura or whatever, but she calms down a little bit and reaches out her hand and casts Healing Word. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah, Ooh. seven points of healing oh, for Cell. thank you. Nice. So that was my bonus action. As an action, Val will cast Mind Sliver at the creature. Ooh, okay. Three on the die. Woo. Nice. Again, it's nice I don't have to look at my modifiers. It's yeah. like, yep, it's bad. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yep. Thanks, D- D20 system. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> D6 psychic. Damn it, Ralph and Mary. <laughs> Two psychic damage, and it will subtract a D4 on its next saving throw. Okay. And that is my turn. Excellent. She ducks. You just see Belle's like, eye mask over the edge of the <laughs> <laughs> and you okay, still, okay, And you I'm still done. have a celestial spectral book floating around as well, correct? It's above the creature. Right now? Yes. Excellent. It says, be gone, foul beast. <laughs> it's a real page turner. It's a classic. Everyone everyone gets read it uh, when they're children. Yeah. Okay. It's the Mothman's turn. First is going to strike out against Char. Do it. Ooh, that'll hit uh-huh. with your minus two. Yeah. That is eight points of damage. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, you can definitely hear when this creature's claws, like, connect with the full plate. The full plate itself is mostly, you know, it's got some scratches on it, but there's nothing like a crunching behind Ooh, it. No. <laughs> Second attack. Uh-huh. Oh, no. Uh, it's going to, once again, not understanding why it wasn't able to grab its quarry mm-hmm. the first time is going to once again try to grab it even though it is under the protection of Val's protection hmm, protection from good and evil <laughs> spell spell and evil and good and I'll just repeat the same words over and over <laughs> so at disadvantage he's going to make an attack that's a one and a two on the oh, die ah, nice. so the dice these are also going into timeout I'm down many dice now yeah. <laughs> I put a lot of dice in timeout this combat that it, really just doesn't want it to have what it wants. Yeah, exactly. Well, and again, it reaches out and just like, all, you know, tries to, again, su- with superhuman speed and quickness, reaches out with these horrible, long, nimble arms and tries to grab at this dwarf and once again is repelled by the energy that Val has bestowed on it, on him. 
you still see this person like cower and flinch a little bit, even even pumped full of arcane brave juice is still <laughs> cowering at this creature. But that is the end of its turn. Harrison. <laughs> you are you are dual wielding, you got a hand crossbow, you got a short sword. You're feeling great. Wow. Guys, I, yep. like I said, what a great fun combat that this is going to be. <laughs> Harrison yells at the Mothman, you're looking the wrong way, and charges towards it as she's like running at it from behind, basically. I imagine there's like these huge tendrils that are kind of swinging around him, and Harrison runs at this creature from behind with his short sword and tries to impale it while he's uh, grabbing at the dwarf. Real good. 19. That'll Ooh. hit. Uh, with sneak attack damage, that is nine, 11 points of damage. Okay. Nice. Even though it doesn't do as much damage as you would hope, you still are able to jam your short sword and get major purchase into this thing. And as you kind of bring it out for maybe the first time, this gross black ichor spews out as you remove your sword from it. And you can tell that this thing is likely about done for. Anything else? He is going to run around the creature as a bonus action and put himself in between it and Char. Okay, cool. He is protecting Char and his duplicate is sort of still standing in front of the dwarf. Okay. What are you doing? Get out of here. (laughs) (coughs) I can't have you die on me, Char. I'm the hero of this story. (laughs) (laughs) Self is going to, he kind of has one hand against the wall behind him and then he hears Val's voice from above and then he basically feels better. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't that um, just the way? Friendship. You hear it in your mind, too, because mine like, is still oh, yeah, that's Yeah. So Selv will take his quarterstaff in front of him and just growl at the creature. And, we are not alone. And he'll put one foot onto the wall behind him and jump up and just come down on the two-handed strike with his quarterstaff on top of this creature. Ten to hit? Oh, it does not hit. Okay, and then he'll flip the quarterstaff around and just look right at the creature and say, But you are. And then we're going to use my bonus action to attack. Okay, roll good. 18 on the die for a 22 to hit. Yeah. And a 7 on the die for damage, which becomes 9 points. Self. Yes. Please describe. Oh, oh. Nice. Yes. As you dispatch, as a reminder, that creature had a legend had legendary action that it hadn't used, that it was a hundred percent about to use, and it was going to be top of the order, and all sorts of horrible things were about oh. to happen. So, self, what happens? Basically, we're not alone, and then misses with his first strike, but the uh, the creature kind of like does this weird darkness wave that brings its head back up yes. and then self just comes around with the but you are and just cracks the skull of this thing and almost to the point of like it moves forward almost like its head got knocked off but mm. you know not really and then i guess if it's standard procedure it melts into some kind of weird dark black goop yeah you you almost knock it off its feet in a way is what i'm imagining and the skull kind of like flies off as if it was unconnected and then all of the limbs and amorphous kind of cloak like body that it has trails along like an empty bit of cloth if that makes sense Mm -hmm. the main skull lands on the ground and 
within a few moments, the body fades away, and then so, too, does the skull. You're out of combat, and as soon as the Mothman has has disappeared, the dwarf falls to the ground. Val lays down on the roof and just mind links itself. <laughs> I'm going to need a minute. <laughs> yeah, you, hear, you, you, hear, you hear back, take all the time we need. <laughs> Is anybody dead? No. Well, the Mothman. <laughs> well, right. Yeah, I'm in us. I'm imagining like Char, his muscles shrink down and the hair kind of recedes. And he just puts a, a hand on Harrison's shoulder just to steady himself for a minute. And they just kind of stand there like wordlessly. Harrison slicks back his like <laughs> his sweaty hair and just says like, I still don't see what all the fuss was about. That wasn't so bad. Char just like squeezes your shoulder a little bit. <laughs> ah, yes, not the moment. Digs the claws in <laughs> yeah. a little. So... As you guys are recuperating and recovering and kind of processing, you are already hearing because because Val yelled help, which was, you know, all of like 30 seconds ago yeah. in game time. It's a good response rate from yeah. the red city of Agmore. Right. I mean, kind of is, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things. But also they knew to be, I mean, they're always on guard, but they knew what was happening. You guys start to hear some amount of commotion when after a relatively short amount of time, a small group comes up and immediately starts assessing the situation, asking you guys questions and caring as best as they can to those who are clearly injured. Uh, One of the guards actually comes up kind of to everyone. Uh, What happened? Was there an attack? Val is very happy to let Char and Harrison explain. (laughs) Of course there was an attack. There's an attack every night these days. See, this creature came down and we felt this fear and he kind of goes into this almost nonstop description. Like he doesn't take a, a breath as he's describing this. And uh, while he's describing it, Sel will just kind of be nodding as he's listening and then occasionally just shake his head no <laughs> and then go, you know, go back to nodding and then, you know. And while they're doing that, Val will check in on the dwarf. You go up to the dwarf who is still kind of sitting there. And even now you can tell that his breath is starting to return a little bit to normal. And he still is a little distant and still kind of staring off into space, but is now no longer kind of in full frightful lockdown mode. Mm -hmm. Val will offer her water skin and a piece of jerky. (laughs) (laughs) And just sit next to him in silence and just say, like, hey, let me know if there's anything you need. You're safe now. So after a little bit of sitting, he kind of slows and continues to breathe more normally and come back to reality. Mm -hmm. Eventually, he turns to you and he nods and grabs a little bit of water and takes a sip. And sits there silently for a bit. And eventually, he, without looking at you, just kind of staring, says, uh, I don't really understand what happened, but you, you, you helped me. Thank you. You're welcome. What, what was that? The creature was an aberration, and it causes you to confront your worst fear. 
And he, as soon as you say that, his countenance changes and it's as if something makes sense in his head. I don't want to make you confront anything you're not ready to. But during the battle, you said they were all dead. Was that your fear or do we need to go investigate something? No. Um, I, uh, I served in a guard before coming to Agmar. We were ambushed in a big field and I was the only survivor. I haven't been able to be fully comfortable in an open space for a while. He just nods and takes another sip of water. Bell nods along and will squeeze his shoulder and just stay silent. Within a few minutes, the organization of the town guard spreads the word and more kind of resources are pulled in. More help is offered to you guys, medical attention if you want it. Eventually, the rest of your party, the other guilders, are tracked down. And within a relatively short amount of time, Kaskarin and Checkers and Mango and Junior come back. And Hey, hey what did I miss? <laughs> wow, oh, our patrol is really you boring. <laughs> yes. And I assume you guys fill them in to an extent. Mm-hmm. The two of you, Checkers and Kaskarin, uh, I have to like, I finally got used <laughs> to saying your NPC I know, names. It's I have to like, take yeah. a second. Get back into it. Um, See, you know, see a semi-familiar sight by now, uh, especially compared to last night. Same response, a little bit better, a little more organized. And you see your party members sitting on the ground and the two guardsmen who were accompanying them kind of doing, making reports. Selv will actually briefly go up to Harrison and Char and basically put one hand on each of their shoulders and just say, if you're ever interested in guild work... We could use you. Nice work. And thank you. Harrison actually, he lights up a little bit at that. He doesn't say anything because he knows he's still a patrolman, but it's like, well, but maybe. You're too kind, but the Red Guard is really my family. <laughs> I, look, I look forward to working with you at some other time. Yeah, if the Golden Tree end up fighting more challenging creatures like this, maybe I could, uh, maybe I could get in on that. Well, hopefully it won't be happening inside the walls of Agmar. I like that Selv was essentially like, hey, do you want to just like do what you just did and almost died on like a professional basis? <laughs> and then one of them's like, no, I'm good where I'm at. And the other one's like, wait, you can be even crazier? Yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah, it's like, ah, okay, neat. Do you want to almost die all the time? I don't know, know if we can time? have Harrison and Checkers. Wait, I, can, I, I get to do this in a non-voluntary portal? <laughs> You guys see Selv talking and kind of maybe finishing up talks and you see Val sitting next to a person who you must know was the subject of the attack. What do the two of you, Kaskrin and Checkers, what do you do? Checkers probably expresses a little bit of disappointment at having missed the fun. Well, Kaskrin and I just saw a bunch of bugs flying around. I mean, it was great. We caught a lot of bugs, but still. Kaskrin would initially be concerned, but after seeing that everyone is yeah. all right, goes more to see if there's anything of the creature remaining. Mm-hmm. And then if there's not, it's like, I don't really want him to just like mill around. But. Well, so, so that will cast Mind Link and 
say to Cass, I feel bad. I didn't get this gentleman's name, but he was the one who was attacked by the creature. Ah. And his fear is of wide open spaces where his former armed group were ambushed and attacked and he was the only survivor. Castrin's like face darkens at that news and he will go up to Valeska and the dwarf and much in the same way that Valeska is sitting next to him, he will take the opposite shoulder and he's not going to say anything, but he is really trying to reinforce the fact that this dwarf is not by himself in this moment. Mm -hmm. He has friends and allies around him. And if he wants to talk, there are people around him willing to listen. And kind of as Cass comes up, Val will introduce him and mm -hmm. herself to the dwarf and kind of just say in like a way that's not trying to pressure him into speaking totally. or anything. Just yeah. like, hey, this is Cass. I'm Val. We're of the Golden Tree and we're here for you. We'll be here as long as you need us. As you guys both say that, you see the dwarf sit up a little straighter and the camera kind of pans out as he kind of turns and starts talking with you guys a bit. And the three of you are, I imagine, kind of seated on a, a curb, basically, mm -hmm. or up against a wall. And the activity of the essentially supernatural crime scene continues around you. And we fade to black. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D &D campaign. The empire of fire and water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words, Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength and diversity and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hey everyone, Jonathan here with the mid-roll. If you're looking for the hottest frog memes around, join the Reckless Attack community on Discord. You can find a link to it in the show notes of our latest episodes or on our website, recklessattack.com. Want to support the show? Tell a friend or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash recklessattack, where you can get access to our behind-the-screen talkback show, as well as our new Reckless Snacks series, where we eat snacks, hang out, and just talk about whatever's on our mind. Thanks so much for listening to us, and we hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. You wake up the next morning back at the Golden Tree Guild headquarters. 
You wake to the smell of breakfast, wherever it is that you are sleeping, whatever uh, hot tub or room or <laughs> desk or whatever, to the smell of whatever your preferred breakfast foods are. I don't want to assume whatever the equivalent to you of sizzling bacon is. Mm-hmm. And a, a day starts anew in the Red City. Burger would eventually give you guys a couple of notes. First, being from Alareth, P.I. tree guy. Mm-hmm. I don't love that it's stick, but I love it, so it's hard. <laughs> Just saying that he had been caught up. He left it a little vague as to how he got caught up, but he got caught up on what happened last night. Expresses wish, hoping that you guys are doing okay, and tells you that he'll probably be going to the Agmar Medical Center around noon today to check on the librarian who was attacked. The other note is from Vina Calveta, the head of the Red Guard, who you were supposed to meet in the prior couple days, but canceled on you guys, essentially. It is another kind of simple note that essentially says, glad to hear that you made it through the night. Thank you for your assistance. I unfortunately still have matters to attend to, but I am eager to meet the new guilders here in Akmar. You guys can talk over breakfast if you'd like, but otherwise, it is another day here in Agmar. You know that the threat of the Mothman is still around, but also you know that there is much to do and that that threat can wait till, till night. I, Sophie, want Val to craft a like macrame hammock so that it can hang from the garden around the like hot spring so that checkers can sleep while being in the hot tub and you can just like <laughs> be kind of like in the water but not drown basically that's what popped into I feel like my so checkers brain. specifically doesn't drown anyway i don't oh, yeah. know Checkers can breathe water too. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still, it would be way more comfortable, I think, than, yeah. than sleeping yeah, in Probably the, yeah. true. Probably uh-huh. true. So at least over breakfast, you're yeah. kind of starting to put the. I the would plans just be like, Checkers, together. I had this idea. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> Selv will take the morning and go through the, the books that he had set aside about the dragon skull or possibly finding out a name or history or something of that. And then his plan then is to go with Alareth to talk to the librarian around noon. Val is going to eat a speedy breakfast and head immediately to the library and welcome anybody who else wants to come, but she assumes nobody else wants to come. (laughs) (laughs) Checkers has a few things that he has likely been working on, you know, this time that they've been in Eggmar, but today's when he's really had the today's when he's really had the opportunity to make some of those things happen. He spends his day more or less out and about in the city. But what would happen is over the course of the day, when everyone either you know goes back to their rooms for to check on something or you know it's getting closer to the evening and they're just going to dinner, each of you would see a little something on each of your desks. For Valeska, actually what Velasco, you might actually hear something before you (laughs) see something. (laughs) Good. (laughs) So I think I think and I think Jonathan told me all of these things, but I have forgotten, and so now this I am just as surprised and delighted as as all of you. Um, So Velasco would hear like this, like scratching coming from inside of her room, and this like, (laughs) 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 (laugh
<laughs> and when you would open the door, there would be this large, plump-looking chicken laying on your on the bed, like uh-huh. with its feet and its wings tied, and it's just like flapping about, try, trying to get up. And on top of the desk is this crayon drawing of the egg meal that Valeska had prepared for Aww. Checkers all those many uh, adventures ago. Uh, with a you fo- know, six six yeah, in-game yeah, days yeah, ago yeah. or whatever. <laughs> right. And months of play. Right. Yep. Uh, with a little frog face in the, in the little corner. But there's a chicken just laying on the chest. <laughs> <laughs> trying, struggling to get free <laughs> from its from its bond. One thing you would know is there's a, a ribbon attached to the leg with a name of a local shop okay. that he uh, obtained the chicken from. <laughs> um, uh, obtained yeah. in air quotes? Yes. Okay. Well, no. He, well, no, he, he, he obtained yeah, yeah, it. He got, it. He got yeah. it. It would be bought in yeah, air quotes. Yeah. Right. Uh, 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 procured, <laughs> perhaps. And there's a little, like, uh, there's a, a bunch of text with a name on it, and it just says, Gary Carr, the chickens are. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> For self. On your desk, you don't hear anything coming from within the room. <laughs> and, and I'm imagining yeah. this is all happening like kind of throughout the yeah. day, just as yeah. you're going about your business or like checking in between errands or whatever. You just come in and something is different. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. There is a drawing on your desk of Selv and Checkers laying in the dirt next to each other, with the big boar kind of standing over the two of us. And on top of the desk are two what are very obviously chess pieces, like roughly carved wooden horses with a small frog riding on the back of the horse nice. and a double-length spear <laughs> <laughs> coming out of the, the grung. And one of them's painted red and one of them's painted black. Nice. Because of course they are. Yeah. <laughs> and finally for Kaskrin, when you would go to your room, mm-hmm. you would have a little drawing on your desk of Kaskrin riding atop this giant creature and then Checkers just <laughs> acting as a backpack on top <laughs> of Kaskrin, just like poking at you know the, the giant ogre that we fought. Yeah. And on top of your bed would be a very well-crafted satchel. Like, it, you can even immediately tell when you look at it. It's like, that's, that's a high-quality uh, piece of equipment right there. Huh. But the thing that you would notice also is that it actually has the patch of a different guild on it. (laughs) (laughs) What guild? Do do I recognize the patch of the guild? It's not the Verdant Wave. It is not the Verdant Wave, and it is not the Golden Tree. (laughs) No. The symbol is a bird in flight. Okay. Uh, It is set against a circle, and it is all bronze. You recognize it as, like, this feels like a guild symbol. Right. You can roll a history check to see if you know this particular guild. Seven for history. You don't. Yeah. You, you, it's, it's one of those things where, especially you, I imagine, as someone who's, like, in the military or has been in, like, those sorts of organizations, rather, notice that, like, this has a particular kind of iconography, and I can't place it, but, like, I know the look of it. And it's, this is a guild symbol. <laughs> yeah. Kaskrin takes a moment to see, like, does he know what this is? But after realizing he doesn't, more just <laughs> takes a moment to appreciate the, <laughs> the gesture. <laughs> the gesture. If not the actual. Yeah. If gift. not, like, if he, you know, he, he takes a moment to appreciate that Checkers got this bag for him. 
even if he will probably have to return this bag later. <laughs> Selv will, uh, I kind of imagine that in, in his room, he kind of has his chessboard on a table or a desk mm-hmm. somewhere laid out. Just always um, out. Yeah. So he's going to take actually two of the one knight figure from each mm-hmm. side and kind of put them uh, on the side and replace them with the two figures that, that checkers got him. And then he's just going to look at it and just go. <laughs> <laughs> so you spend your day procuring those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just getting everything for, the, for all, of, all of his guild mates. Mm-hmm. I did want to run a couple of errands and we don't have to role play them all out. Totally. But the, the two places that I would want to go are actually a jeweler's. Ooh. And then also to see if there is like a magic shop anywhere to see what can we start doing about Alareth popping in and out? <laughs> yes. Might have to line the wood with lead or something. Yeah, like, just like, <laughs> I, wonder if, like I was thinking just, yeah, just like a band around the whole thing. Yeah. He might just have to like duck. Yeah. Them, but. <laughs> but it's like, well, we have a tree guy that is walking in and out of our guild house. We could also maybe just ask him not That's, to. Yeah, right. He's probably reasonable, right? Well, my right now, my concern is not that he is doing it, yeah. but that someone can do it. Mm, that's yeah. And fair. so it's a Val- yeah. valid concern. Yeah. So he mostly just wants to ask, like, how, how is he doing that? And uh, hmm, what, what can we do about it? You said you're asking Berga where a magic shop is? Uh, yeah, I would probably ask Berga, like, where can I find a jeweler and where can I find a magic oh, shop? Yeah. And the, the other thing uh, Selv would do once he got back and he would probably do it before going to bed is get the map where we had all of the locations of the attacks mm. and Ooh. add the new one. Ah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Over breakfast, Val will most likely talk to Berga and everybody and just lay out her plans for the day, which is just going to the library and like holding herself <laughs> yeah, in there. Right. But then uh, giving Berga, if Berga has time today or in the next few days, a list of Val's to do's that she just knows won't won't happen unless she unless she, she delegates. delegates. <laughs> yep. So at the jeweler, Casquin is actually going to request a rather well. He's going to request a rather intricate and fine piece of jewelry that's going to take a while, and that's all I'll say about that for right now. Oh, interesting. And then yeah, at the magic shop, he's going to ask about the tree stuff, but then he's probably going to spend a good bit of the day in the, the backyard where everything is of the guild hall, mm-hmm. kind of just doing some reflection. He's gone through a couple of attacks now in the city, and he's, he's also heard Berga's story. So it's like he's almost feeling a little bit lost in this new city. Like he's trying to, you know, take some time and figure out, okay, what does he actually want in this city? Like he's, he's trying to take, go from the, the stationary stone and trying to put a direction to himself and figure out what does he want? So self, as you are flipping through your collected books that you'd already kind of worked through a little bit as you were going through some of the guild materials with Val to do your first kind of bit of research you are able to learn a little bit of information. Notably, first, you do figure out maybe the name of the okay. dragon whose skull is in the middle of the city. Is it less than 26 letters? It is, oh, actually. Okay. I, I, I've never found a good system for dragon names. They should sound awesome and weird and alien, 
But also, yeah, I don't need them to be an alphabet of mostly X's and Z's and S's. <laughs> this one, and it's interesting where you can't tell whether it's true or if it's Pentarchy propaganda, but the name that has been ascribed to it is Zjornas, the Halcyon Worm. Sick. Yeah, right? Like, that's, that's, that's freaking cool. <laughs> Have I ever heard that name before? Would you roll me a history check, please? I and you would, can do it I with advantage to. for Ooh. certain. He was right. This is kind of in your wheelhouse. <laughs> history. My grandworm. Yeah. Uh, seven. So baseline, to have a name like that, a title, and obviously to be the size that it must have been, if all of this is true, must have been one of the great, most influential dragons of its age now that you have a name could almost certainly find more specific scholarly research around it did i find this information before val went to the library probably not i'm imagining val pardon me if i'm incorrect val uh, sophie but i'm imagining val's like put down put her plate wherever she puts her plate and it's like all right see ya oh, I, I i pictured i pictured can i get this to go yeah <laughs> oh yeah val basically came down fully ready to go and was speed talking to berga and just like rattling off like the things she hoped berga could help her with and then was like yeah, okay yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Um, oh, okay. of course and, and then just like said good morning to everybody like somebody library librarian yes yes self cool great all right and then power walked out of there so no not to not be available if you find her in the library she will get to work no, 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 but I, I i know she's got her own thing and i'm assuming that probably took a good chunk of the morning so it's probably time for for self to have to go to the hospital to meet the the librarian but he will leave a quick note on the desk of doing because 100% sure Val will be back there. <laughs> yep. Yep. That just says, Val, do you know anything about um, Zjornas? Zjornas, the Halcyon Worm. And um, puts it on top of the books that Selv used to, mm-hmm. to, to find that name. Yeah. And it's more one of those things where, like, you know that there's probably more answers in those books, but you just ran out of time and don't have the same experience and research right, as right. Val does. Exactly. Finally, Val. Yes. You hit the town. <laughs> you exit the guild hall and you beeline through the main thoroughfare, go into the museum square of Agmar. It is bustling. It is bright. There is no, seemingly no sign of a city that knows something is preying on it at night. As you're walking, you're kind of noticing that maybe there are some sort of like decorations being put up and you don't really know about that yet, but you just, one of those things that you just kind of like clock is like, well, mm-hmm. what are they putting garlands on that pillar or mm-hmm. that sort of thing? Eventually you get to the Holy land itself, <laughs> the Agmar library. It is a grand, beautiful old building. It is not at least on the outside, quite as expansive or impressive as the illustrious Atheum, I I picture the illustrious Atheum as having like several additions to it and wings and like because it has been such mm-hmm. a huge repository of knowledge for centuries now. Mm-hmm. This one is a self-contained but clearly immaculately designed library that is 
has huge pillars in front and is just designed to look like a beautiful bastion of knowledge. People are going in and out. You are able to step through its grand portal. Finally, finally. <laughs> and just totally heard the rock right there. Finally, <laughs> Valeska has come back to the library. <laughs> and as soon as you go in, you are overwhelmed with the amount of information Easily the most amount of aisles and books and things hanging on walls and tapestries and beautiful display cases that you know must have ancient and revered tomes. Easily the largest collection of knowledge outside of Rachma, probably on this continent and maybe one of the ones in the whole world. In front of you at a big desk, kind of a big circular desk you see a what appears to be a spider creature sitting at at an office chair spinning around who is assisting someone and you see an array of arms that are spindling out and reaching in all directions and doing the activities of what you as an experienced library dweller no, must be of eight, twelve librarians. There are stamps. There is opening and closing of books. There's filing away. All the while, all of the myriad of eyes on the faces are all looking in different directions. And this creature finishes helping a person at the desk and you assume makes eye contact with you. It's hard to tell. But waves you in and says, Welcome to... To the Agmar Library. How can I help you? And that's where we're going to end it this week, oh. everybody. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Oh, we're man. here at the library. We're yeah, here yeah. doing chores. And I'm sure nothing bad will happen at all next episode. Oh, Val cannot I, have anything bad happen. <laughs> Val, I, I hope you have your password for getting on the web. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, that's, it. that's the end of the episode. Cut it there. Cut it. Cut the feed. <laughs> Wait, I have one more. <laughs>